Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Expat Chinwag and today we are talking about driving. Uh, word of warning, I do suffer from road rage. Uh, I find it, in a way, I find it quite therapeutic getting road rage. Uh, I know there's something I kind of like shouting at idiot drivers when they can't hear me. I don't know, I find it, I quite like it, but I think talking in this podcast is going to maybe reignite some road rage, especially as uh, today, um, the, on the day of recording this, which is crazy because I kind of schedule in advance what I'm going to record and when, but today I just got back from driving for seven hours, three and a half hours there, three and a half hours back to a theme park that was closed. <laughs> so I'm a little bit angry. I mean, I've spent a lot of time on the road today for pretty much no reason whatsoever because it was closed. So let's just start with that first before we get into the road, like the whole driving thing. But it, it, t- today's August. It's still August, and one of the big major attraction, shall we say, a, a big chain attraction near one of the major US cities was closed in August. It's like, what is that? It's still summer. It's a Friday. People have time off work. There was a huge queue in front of me, like waiting to get in. They obviously didn't get the memo that it was shut. The website said it was going to be open and it wasn't. So it's like, we drove three and a half hours there, had to turn around and we ended up coming all the way back because it was closed. So yeah, I suffered from road rage. Um, one of the things that happened on that on that trip was that uh, I was following a bin lorry, like a big like truck with like that collects scrap and a huge metal disc flew out of the back of the truck and nearly hit my car. I had to swerve into the the hard shoulder and the truck behind me had to do the same and it's like why don't people tie down their loads i actually passed my truck driving test in the uk i passed it when i was i think i was about 24 when i passed it and it's a, it's a it's a big thing to not tie down your load it's like that's one of the things that you can get in like major trouble for for not securing your load especially when there's something like that so I had to come through my window that could have decapitated me but yeah I mean that annoyed me I've also had giant like concrete blocks like fall off the back of trucks and bounce in the road in front of me so there's a big thing here where people don't seem to secure their loads but hey I survived I'm back we then drove seven hours for no reason but I survived it though so yeah a little bit about me uh back in the UK I used to be a delivery driver so I did used to spend a lot of hours on the road every single week um and I think that's partly where my road rage came from but um yeah, so driving is something that I've been very used to. So one of the big differences is is that in England, we drive on the left. In America, they drive on the right. So when I moved here, that was obviously one of the differences is that I had to then drive on the other side of the road. Um, I found that quite easy to adapt to. That wasn't that hard. It kind of, I picked it up quite quickly. The biggest thing that seemed to be uh that I needed to get used to was I kept trying to get in the wrong side of the car because obviously the steering wheel's on the wrong side as well so I kept going to the passenger side and there's no wheel on the passenger side so that seems to be the biggest thing that I found hard adjusting to was more that um but yeah in the UK driving tests are pretty hard to pass <laughs> um you 
you tend to take lessons for almost a year it's like you do like an hour every week and then sometimes you start doing doubles but I think I ended up logging over 60 hours of driving like lessons before I took my test I was lucky I passed my test first time so that was fine I passed my truck test first time too but there's a lot of people that do like fail a lot of the driving tests and have to repeat do them so coming here as an expat it's I could obviously if you come on holiday you can drive on your foreign license if it's written in English um please check if you're planning on driving over here and sometimes rules change I think it's only if your license is in a foreign language then you need like an international permit but for an English person you can drive here fine without the permit um, but when you live here you then have to change your license to an actual like state license I had 30 days to get it um, I couldn't get it until I had my social security number but then I also then had to retake the driving test so I had to take the theory test which I went on like the Iowa transport website and you could get practice tests turned out my test was exactly the same as the practice questions nearly every single question word for word was what was on the practice test and then I had to do a drive round test and it lasted for 20 minutes the ones at home last for over an hour. I literally had to pull out the driving centre, go down the road, go around a block and then come back and that was it. That was my test and in that time I ended up getting two minors. Um, one of them was the fact that I didn't look over my shoulder and look out the back window of the car. Um, I was used to driving vans, like in England vans aren't like the normal cars with like loads of seats uh, they're like cargo vans where the back's completely blacked out so if you look out the back window you can't see anything because half the time they're boarded up so I I get I, I drive off my side mirrors a lot it's like it's something that I am used to doing all the time when I done my truck test they say you should be checking your mirrors every three seconds so even when I drive I still very much check my mirrors all the time so yeah for me looking out my back window isn't something I often really do so I got a minor for that but I still passed <laughs> and I'd hope so too considering the test was only 20 minutes but um I had to take it in my own car as well so I didn't have like a driving instructor car I had to take my car they had to check things like the lights were working the horn was working and like all these like checks of the car before I actually took my test and when I was driving back from the test center afterwards my steering rack went so I'm really glad that didn't go while I was actually having the test because I literally I lost all steering which was crazy but um yeah so secondhand cars here are quite expensive I was quite shocked because my car is a Chevy Impala 2006 at the time of filming this it's 2019 so it's quite old and it's done over 200,000 miles and when we I, I first went around getting it it cost over a thousand dollars and when I found out it had nearly 2,000 like 200,000 on the clock I was like what that's going to die soon it's like why would I spend that much on a car with that many miles because back home we used to say you can get a second-hand car for a couple of hundred pound and it's under normally under like a hundred thousand miles but the equivalent the, the equivalent is is that the engines are small so back home like a lot of the cars I had was up to a 1.4 litre engine here I drive a v6 the bigger the engine it doesn't have to work as hard therefore the car lasts longer so that was like the biggest shock to me was that 
you can do thousands and thousands of miles and the car can still be running fine. So yeah, that was a shock. I didn't like, yeah, how expensive a second hand car was. It's like, really? And it's covered in rust as well. So I was, I was, I really thought it was a nice car. It's like gross and it costs that much. But anyway, it happened. But like where I am in Iowa, the roads are very wide and usually quite empty so that can be kind of nice but um when you go like nearer to Chicago and that it's like it gets a little bit crazy I find that people drive very bad I know back home people drive bad too like the biggest problem I would say when it comes to driving is traffic back home it seems to be there's traffic all the time here there just tends to be people that don't drive very well um they have speed limits i think maybe sometimes the speed limits are people think the speed limits are suggested rather than the law <laughs> because i don't always do the speed limit myself i tend to do like a few mile an hour over so if it's like a 65 zone i'll be doing 68 if it's a 70 i might be doing 73 but nearly everybody on the road will be passing me like I'm standing still it's like they just and it's like why why are they all going so fast all the time it's like the thing that that's, that I find really hard to get my head around is like you'll be in like a you'll go into like a um speed restriction zone say for example roadworks you might be doing 65 and have to drop down to say 55 and nobody slows down it's like I slow down and everyone's it's speeding past me even faster it's like why is nobody slowing down? It's like there are road workers there. It's like they're working and yet still, even in speed zones, like nobody tends to slow down. And there's a big thing, especially in the towns around here where say people have like that, the towns have tried to like bring speed cameras like in. So if you're speeding and a camera gets you, you can get a fine for speeding if you jump a red light you can get a fine for jumping a red light but the cameras never seem to last it's like they don't last and the reason why is because people don't pay the fines and I I read it in somebody else's status on Facebook the other day about I can't remember if it was about speed cameras or not but they said it's like I'm not going to pay for a speed in fine because it's not federal, it's not done by the government, it's just a town that's trying to make more money. But you're in the wrong, it's like you're speeding and you've been caught speeding. But then their argument is, is one of the amendments says that they have the right to face their prosecutor. So basically, if, you're, if they get a camera picture of your car that was speeding, that's not right in their eyes they have to have an actual person stop them and be like look you were speeding apparently they don't think that a picture is good enough because what if they're not driving that car and like the chances are unless your car has been stolen which is very unlikely the chances are you were driving that car at the time of speeding so own up to your mistake and pay it the only time it gets a bit like cloudy was like back home like there were speed cameras but say when I was at work and we we're obviously in work vans if we then had to switch vans in our shift we had to write down what time we shift like we, what time we went into the different vehicle and we had to write down like the license plate number so then 
if anything happened and said, oh, that person got caught on that day at that time. There was a record at work to see who was driving what car or what van at what time. That's the only time that is going to get awkward is if you're driving like a work vehicle that other people drive too. If it's your car, the chances are it's probably you that was speeding, which is just crazy. Um, yeah, so another difference is, is that a lot of the cars here as well don't have what would be an MOT. An MOT is like the yearly test for a car back home. I know some states do. I think New York and California have introduced it now. But like in Iowa, they don't have what would be an MOT, where you go and basically get your car checked every year for to make sure it's in a good working condition. It's like they stick it on a rolling road, check that the brakes are still working, things like seat belts after work and the horn and the lights and they check things like brake lines that make sure they haven't like started disintegrating. They check things like um what else like the fuel lines. If there's too much rust then they like it would fail from that. I stuck my finger through my car's bodywork the other day. That's how rusty it is. I don't think my car would stand a chance at passing an MOT. It's only because I've like I've obviously been used to driving. It's like I'm like, my car needs a check. Can you give it a once over before I have to drive somewhere that's like far away? Which here, being in the middle of nowhere, you do tend to drive a lot. <laughs> so it's like I like to like make sure like for my personal safety and the fact that sometimes my phone doesn't work in the middle of nowhere. So it's like I like my car to be in a good working condition before I go on a long journey with it but over here it's like they don't really exist I've seen like doors that have been like stuck together with like expanding like insulation foam where it looks like they've been like t-boned and then their doors been pushed in and they've filled up the gap with like ins insulation foam so the door wouldn't even open anymore it's like basically glued to the car but like so it's crazy seeing like some of the cars that are like driving around it's weird <laughs> it's very weird um another difference is that in america you can turn right on a red light at some junction some say that you can't but for the most part if there's not a sign it means you can turn right on a red light which some people seem to think of that as their right <laughs> to um to turn right <laughs> and they don't seem to look at what actually has the right of way. So you'll be driving along and suddenly a car will pull out because they can turn right on a red, so why not? So that is a rule I don't really like. Um, I think that, yeah, it can be dangerous. Some people take it, yeah, for like, oh, I can turn. It's like, I don't have to stop, I can turn. So it's like, that's annoying. Um, another situation that I find kind of dangerous is that some slip roads, like the exit and entry things, um, the on-ramp as such will be the same as the exit ramp. So if it's like a really, really like busy traffic, say if you're like in Chicago, um, there'll be cars trying to pull on as you're trying to get in that lane to get off. And the like the distance isn't very long at all it's a very very short distance you've got cars trying to pull in you're trying to pull out and I just find it horrendously dangerous it's like I get like anxiety trying to like, like oh there's cars everywhere and you, you know it comes up so fast and like you're trying to like you know you're in their way they're in your way and that freaks me out and like exit ramps don't always have to be like in the slow lane it's like sometimes the exit ramps are in the fast lane so like you could be on like a five lane highway and then it's like oh 
you've got to get on the left hand side now so you've got to like go across all the traffic to try and get in right one way you might come on in the fast lane and have to then exit on like in the slow lane it's i know there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason to some of the things like that and flashing doesn't seem to exist here either like you like back home like we can sometimes like you double flash like your headlights to turn around and say like like you know come out i'm letting you through whereas people don't understand what flashing here is maybe they do in some places but for the most part like people don't ever flash you out you don't tend to flash them out people don't if ever use indicators but then i find that at home as well people just don't seem to think they exist but like here the indicators are red the back ones are red and they match the brake lights which annoys me at home the indicators on the front and the rear are orange so it's like they stick out quite clearly compared to like your rear lights or your brake lights it's like they're very much like all oh, that person's indicating where here they blend so it's a little bit harder to tell as well um another difference is going back to the speed is that say at home like i guess in a way america's quite good in this sense is that like every single speed limit is listed like if it says like the speed limit 70 there'll be a big sign that says speed limit 70 whereas at home there's like a big round white circle with a black line through it which means national speed limit so you're kind of expected to know the speed of that road like for your particular vehicle type so say for example that national speed limit sign could be on a like a one lane road so you've got like one direction going one way one going the other way which is obviously a lot slower than say what one of the motorway ones would be which is like the multi-lane roads where again you still got that thing so two very different speed limits but they're the same sign which obviously isn't going to help like visitors that they maybe haven't done their research so much but um yeah they are just some of the differences that i've come across when it comes to driving um fuel as well tends to be tends to be cheaper here than say what it does in England it's about I've worked it out to be it's roughly especially where I am in Iowa it's roughly a third of the price to say what it would be at home it kind of I know it's closing up a bit now so like sometimes it's more like say half but um I find that say the distance that you end up driving it kind of equals itself out so it's like yes it's cheap but you have to drive twice as far to get anywhere so you're technically using more fuel even though it's cheaper which is kind of a bit annoying um there's not really say any diesel cars here back home my dad has a diesel and he gets the same mile to the gallon in his diesel as say what i do like say in my chevy so the amount that it costs me to like say do 300 miles he would get the same for the same price as such because he gets better mileage to the gallon so his petrol although it's or, or his diesel is more expensive but he can get more miles out of a tank full so therefore it's like it ends up equaling it out so like his car and my car roughly spend this like almost the same to do the same amount of miles which is crazy so it's not always cheaper yes i know some people say that diesels aren't very eco-friendly but his one passed like a zero emissions test so it's like he had zero emissions on his diesel so i don't know what you want to make out of that it's like his car's good but like diesels don't really exist in america um one thing though that is good is that here it's very much they are like go-karts <laughs> it's like uh, back home everyone tends to drive manual 
um, so like stick shift as it would be. It's like if you pass in an automatic car, you can then only drive automatic cars. If you pass in like a stick shift car, you can then drive manuals and you can drive automatic. So for me coming here and driving an automatic, it's basically like a go car. It's like a go button, a stop button, and then adding cruise control to the mix as well. It's like I stick cruise on and I go in a straight line for a hundred miles and you don't have to do anything. So it's, I know, it kind of makes it a little bit boring. It's like, I'm surprised I haven't fallen asleep at the wheel, especially when I come back from late airport runs and it's like a dead straight line for three hours. But um, I do like driving an automatic car now. I think I have become a lazy driver, but it's all part of it, I guess. So yeah. That was some of the differences from driving. I didn't get too angry, which surprised me. But um, yeah, episode seven will be all about people's reactions to me as an English person. Mainly their reaction, like say in Iowa and in the small towns, because like in cities, I'm kind of ignored. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be people's reactions to me. Uh, and basically, yeah, the, the questions I get asked and things like that. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a lovely day and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.